You are listening to Get Real Podcast. So, Dan, we're about, uh, what, at like 40-something editions of the Get Real Podcast now or something like that? Yeah, over a year. It's yeah, been a while. over a year, and we finally figured out what was wrong with my microphone. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, this whole process, procedure, and product has been the grace of God in, in every aspect. It's, it sounds rich. I mean, we put a lot of effort in trying to get decent production quality yeah. out of this, and we're still learning. Learning, mm-hmm. um, but <laughs> your mic was flipped around, bro. Nah. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. I don't either. You know what? I know what it was. Is Mac came in here? It was Mac the Metal Dog came in and flipped the microphone around because he's angry that we don't keep him in here when we're actually recording. You know, that's a kind of an uh, understated advantage of having pets is to blame stuff on yes, them. It's so, all Ma- Mac. It's yeah, all his oh, it's Mac. all his fault. Dude, there is a guy that I met during the extreme tour down here in Charleston that I want you to talk to today. His name is Rick Andrews and he's with a band called Slaves to Change. Within seconds of talking to Rick, I was like, "Oh, we got to get him on the show." Dan Rick and I, I know we're going to have a good time. So what we're going to do is we're going to call up to New York right now uh, using the modern technology that we have in the Get Real studio and and see what's all up with our buddy Rick up in Rome, New York here from Slaves to Change. So this is OK. Look, look, it's calling, Dan. There we go. Whoa. <laughs> modern technology. Anybody people. else needs ears. You're live on the Get Real program. <laughs> oh, that's that's him right there. Hello. Hey, Rick. Yes. This is Glenn and Dan. How you doing, dude? Hey, how you doing, my friend? Oh, doing great, doing great. You are you are now being live recorded. You sound great. You What's sound going wonderful, on, man. I'm Dan. Awesome. What's going on, guys? Uh, you know, it's just funny. I just sent out a message to you. And uh, here you were calling. So, yeah, let's rock and roll. Our, let's do it. Our spidey senses were tingling. So <laughs> I was just telling our <laughs> listeners and Dan that with the conversation, the brief conversation we had during the extreme tour that lasted like five minutes of conversation time, I knew immediately it's like, OK, we got to get this guy on the show. And this is a guy that I can fellowship with because here's what we talked about within the first five minutes. OK, we talked about Martin Luther's flatulence. We talked <laughs> yeah, about the, yeah. the we talked about problems in the church. And we talked yeah. about Devin Townsend and Steve Vai as oh, well. Okay, okay. I'm I'm the best. Uh, we're friends already, man. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So Rick, yeah. Rick, you've gotta share with Dan and you gotta share with the listeners that we have your testimony and the unusual aspects of your testimony and how God can use anything to bring a man to salvation. So Rick, I'm just gonna give the give the microphone over to you and let it rip, bro. Yeah, hey, listen, let me just try and put this on uh, speaker a little bit. I'm, I'm doing it at the same time multitasking. Does that sound okay? Sounds good. Sounds good. Okay. All right, here we go. You can hear me fair and well. Loud right? and clear. You sound great. All right, sounds good. Okay, so uh, probably when I was about, uh, I think I was thir- uh, 14 or 15 years old, and I was sitting on the couch, my dad and I and my sister, my sister was probably 12, and we were watching some TV. I mean, it would be just kind of a family thing. We'd get together and watch TV once in a while because everybody was so busy all the time. So it was our family fun thing. And all of a sudden I heard, you know, this voice, you know, um, or this, you know, within, in, 
you know, within, and it says, go over and pick up that Bible. And the Bible had a bunch of dust on it, been sitting around for years. Um, you know, my family and I weren't churched, really. We Nothing was really going on there in the faith. And uh, I kind of rejected that voice at first. I was like, ah, you know, I don't want to do that. And But I knew who the voice was, you know what I mean? Um, and so I, I didn't know how to deal with that because since we were unchurched, I didn't, I grew up in a household where, you know, uh, religious people come knocking on the door, whether it's Jehovah's Witness or, uh, you know, just different groups would come knocking and dad would call them holy rollers and tell them to get out. And sometimes they would kind of try to push their way in. And I remember one time dad got the shotgun out and he says, hey, he says, uh, not allowed in my house, (laughs) you know? So I was dealing with that (laughs) saying, hey, I know who this voice is and I got to do something about it but I don't want to pick up that Bible because I'm going to be probably persecuted within my own, my own house, you know? And so that went on for about a half an hour. Uh, and we were watching the, 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 the show elf, if anybody remembers. Yes. Yes. This alien like stuff, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you do that really well. <laughs> this is crazy. Right. And so, so I toiled amongst myself, uh, uh, really, with the Holy Spirit. I, uh, me and the Holy Spirit, I guess, was fighting back and forth. <laughs> hey, <laughs> while you're watching um, out, let me stop you for one quick sec because I, I love yeah. whenever I hear things like this. I love to know certain details. When you say sure. that you heard a voice, audible yeah. voice, somebody that sounds like Vincent Price, you sound Johnny Cash is talking to you, or was it just some inner inward, like you you felt compelled to open the word? You feel like somebody's telling you. That's a great question, and and that's a fair question as well. Um, it it was seemed like it was kind of a mix of both. Both it wasn't like go over there and open the Bible, you know, wasn't <laughs> Scorby, <laughs> and um, but it was just like you. It was almost like a regular talk voice to me, and it, and and it it wasn't a like recognizable voice where I could pinpoint like whose voice it sounded like or anything. It was just, it wasn't Casey Kasem. Then it wasn't like, well, I'd like you to go over there. (laughs) It wasn't little Richard saying, yeah, yeah." (laughs) (laughs) and it wasn't Alf's voice either. He was like, no, Alf was, was, exactly. He was, (laughs) he was doing his own thing. You know what I mean? In Hollywood. So this, this come far from, from far beyond Hollywood. (laughs) And, um, uh, but anyways, uh, so yeah, it was, it was, a. I guess kind of like an inner voice, but again, it was, it was, it was kind of separate from me, but it penetrated to me. I don't know how to explain it really. I've had other experiences like this with other things and prophetic stuff that has gone on over the years. Really awesome stuff. If we get time, we can kind of elaborate on some of those stuff. But what went on was, so yeah, I heard, heard that voice or that unction say, go over and pick up that Bible. I didn't want to. Um, half an hour of wrestling concerning that. Finally, I got up and walked over to the other chair. It was like kind of like a lazy boy chair type of thing. I uh, sat there, and I actually sat there for 10 or 15 minutes, even not wanting to pick it up. And, you know, so at that point, I had been semi-submissive. At least I was saying, hey, I don't care what anybody thinks. I'm going to do this, but I still don't want to do this. And so... As I'm sitting there for those 15 minutes, I could see my dad and my sister kind of looking at me like, 
what the heck's he doing? Well, that's weird, you know? Um, and because I'm sitting there kind of amongst myself, not really watching the TV, just kind of like, I guess from the outside, it probably looks like I was struggling with something. And I, the voice basically said, if you don't pick this up, you're going to die. Okay. And I was like, okay. So I toiled for a few more moments with that. And I was like, I don't want to die. You know what I mean? And it wasn't like it was going to be, you're going to be like die today or tomorrow. It's like, you're going to die sometime in the future, which I guess we all kind of come to that. But, um, uh, it, it, there seemed to be a sense of, Hey, somewhere in, in the line of you going forward, you're going to die if you don't do this. And, um, so I finally submitted and did it and boy, I felt the, I felt the eyes of, uh, rejection or, or weirdoness, (laughs) (laughs) Christian vibes coming from, uh, my dad, my sister, maybe, you know, and, and it was kind of messed up. And so, uh, I did it and I read, I read a little bit and that was it. And then, um, if I remember right, I stopped reading. It was maybe 10 or 15 minutes and that's it. And I don't remember what went on after that. I mean, there was no nothing. There was just kind of weird vibe, but no, nothing was said really. Nothing went down or nothing. Uh, and then, about, and so at that point, I'm thinking, hey, I'm done. I'm good. I don't have to uh, uh, do this anymore. I'm going to live. <laughs> what, what did you read? What did you read? Yeah, what, what was it? Well, at that point, I don't remember what I read, but the next part I'm, I do remember that I'm getting ready to mention. You got, um, you got totally stoked on the maps. <laughs> you got totally stoked on the maps. Like, yeah, you know, it's like the maps the rock. Yeah, and, uh, you know, oh, like, there's yeah, the Dead like, Sea. Yeah, it's something I could kind of relate to. All this other stuff is like, oh, I don't know what's the space stuff. What? Um, but um, so then, um, about a week later, again, I'm like, hey, I'm all good now. You know, I don't have to do anything. I'm, 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 I'm good. I'm not gonna die. Everything's cool. Well, all of a sudden, that voice came back like a week later and said, go pick up that Bible, go in your bedroom, shut the door and start reading. And I was like, no. So I toiled with that even. I didn't want to do that. You know, I was struggling with that. Uh, again, probably for a half an hour or so, I toiled. And finally, I picked it up and, and went in the bedroom and started reading. And uh, I could remember reading. Um, and again, I uh, there was something about, I, I think it was Isaiah 53 or 54. I can't remember exactly the, what the number verse was. But it, it, it led into talking about the Sabbath or the Shabbat. And um, that was the beginning of my reading. Basically, the Holy Spirit said, just open the Bible and start reading. Wherever, I'll direct you where, just open it up, and you start where you open up. And I did, and it was like Isaiah 53, I believe it was. And um, uh, and I just started reading. And again, I, I kind of didn't... Un- I, I, I believed what it, what it was saying was true, but I didn't necessarily understand it. You know me? You follow me? Yeah. Faith yeah, was activated. Yeah, absolutely. It was actually, it had been interesting. I'll do a little side note here. Probably when I was about five, four or five years old, I remember this, um, that my, uh, grandmother, uh, my mom's mom, um, you know, they're, they're kind of poor and stuff like that. And, um, I could remember in the living room though, she had this really cool, uh, it's a was a reprint of a famous painting of um, Yeshua or you know Jesus uh, uh, in the the temple at 14 years old with the, uh, the 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 religious leaders the the Pharisees and the scribes you know and uh, I can't remember what the name of the painting is and who what the who the artist is but it was a classic painting 
And I remember being drawn to it and knowing that, that the one, the, the savior, although not knowing who that was, I knew that that, that one in that picture attracted me in a, in a rich sense, just in a sense of like, who is this? You know what I mean? I don't know who this is somebody, there's something important about this person at four years old. I'm, I'm thinking and looking. And, um, I asked my grandmother, who is that? And, you know, she said, that, you know, that's Jesus, you know? And, um, but I didn't know. Okay, cool. And that's Jesus. And I don't know. And <laughs> you know, so there was little things you, where you were around 14 right now. I mean, 13, 14, you were in early teens. With the elf incident, yes, but okay. with the grand, with the the picture, I was four years four old. Four years old. Okay. okay, okay. So I just kind of jumping back to that whole thing where there's been times where I knew the voice or I knew the he was drawing. Uh, yeah, thing that was relative. I knew it was true and legit. So fast forward maybe a couple years from that, I was maybe uh, six years old or seven years old. And I had a neighbor friend of mine, we were playing baseball. He was a couple years older than me or whatever. We were just playing catch in the street. And um, uh, I, I think I, he threw the ball and he, he was, I don't know, I was kind of peed off at him, you know. I, we're not allowed to use a little vulgar language, are we? Are we cool or no No go? It's your interview. It's your interview. Go for it, man. Okay. Okay, so he was kind of pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> now, we've just been banned in four countries. <laughs> there goes yeah, Slovenia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope not, but I got a cool story for Lithuania to share with you today. But okay. anyways, hey, express um, yourself in the way you see fit. Yes, thank you. Okay, so I think I yelled out, now here I am about six years old or so, and I said, God damn it, Murray, like that. And my friend was Murray, and I, I was just like that. And he said... He says, watch out, God hears you. Hmm. And I, I, now I didn't know what God damn it meant, but I said it. And because I related to that to being a mad anger words, couple words, you know. Well, he said, um, God hears you. And I believed it. And I knew it was true. And here okay? enters the law. There we go. Okay, go there ahead. we go. Amen. Wow. Yes, and then and then so what I did was I I went to dad later that day, which I'll share a really quick story in a moment about my dad and how this all ties in, but I went to my dad later that day and I said, "Dad, Murray said that, you know, God hears everything. What the, you know, all that." And my dad said, "Yeah, he does." <laughs> <laughs> Go dad. You know. And yeah, so you know, my dad was, you know, this this kind of brash guy, but great guy, loving guy, but brash to an outdoor woods guy, you know, and, and, and hardworking guy, uh, didn't put up with crap, but he had a great love too. And, 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 uh, fondness for, for us and, and, and mom and stuff. So, uh, that was really cool. But, um, he also, my dad was the first one, strangely enough to teach, uh, my sister and I, how to pray. His mom worked that night. So, you know, they kind of switched shifts on raising us, you know what I mean? But, um, and dad worked during the day and mom worked that night. Uh, so, um, dad was, uh, taught us how to pray. Uh, I could, we were probably seven, eight years old. I can't remember. And, um, I could remember we, we he said, kneel down at the edge of the bed and we'll pray. And, and he did, you know, our father, or no, he did, um, um, now I lay me down to sleep, you know, uh, that kind of prayer. And then right. he, he just said, you know, pray for grandpa, who was his dad, who, who had, uh, uh, was sick of cancer and my grandpa and, um, all that stuff. But, um, you know, there, so there was little 
elements of belief in the house, but it wasn't activated and it wasn't practiced, you know? Hmm. So yeah, then fast forward to that when I was 14 years old is when I heard that voice about dying and all that kind of stuff. And, and pretty much I've been kind of, uh, <laughs> sometimes reluctantly and sometimes jumping to it, following that voice, even still to present day, even recently. We we feel the same way. So I'm really excited here because we hear about faith. We hear Dan and I were talking earlier about evidence, faith being evidence, and the evidence that you had, um, the evidence of things unseen that you that were tangible to you. Uh, first of all, that picture of Jesus in your in your grandmother's house, uh, yep. just different things. That faith being activated, and even the faithfulness of your dad, just to say, yeah, God hears everything. I, he might not have even known what he was saying at that time. And God right. drawing you during that process, and That's then right. what's really awesome is just the sovereignty of God in this situation. Yeah. Is that salvation is not something that? And Rick, I'm sure you're going to agree with me on this. And if you don't, you, you can shout me down. That's that's okay. But it, it's a total work of God. Man can't work salvation in anybody. We, we can't we can't make somebody saved. And that's it true. is so cool that you heard God's voice while you were watching Alf. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That 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 just that has me right there. God can use anything because he is sovereign. And before we go any further, a little bit of Alf trivia for everybody. I got an Alf trivia question. So are we ready? Uh, I'm ready. Yeah. Uh, okay. Way, I never I never even liked to watch it, so it was just one of the shows we watched. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Alf so trivia. Okay, so here we go. What was Alf's favorite type of music? I'm gonna say, wasn't it class? Oh, I'm gonna say, oh, you're you're cl- you're getting you're getting close. You're getting close. Oh, uh, uh, give it to I me. don't. Come on, polka music. Polka, polka. <laughs> he liked polka. Remember his favorite TV show was Polka Jamboree. It was. <laughs> okay. See, I actually I liked Al. Well, you know, you win. You, you know what I hear, and I find it to be very beautiful is that in certain parts of the country and certain times, um, the a lot of the churches are not walking in real truth. Yeah. And when I That's- hear that you had a really hardworking family and yep. your dad was probably had a very sensitive BS meter and yep. a, he's very down-to-earth and very real, but yet yep. there was this regard... Yes. Maybe it was elementary. Maybe it was a little over there. But he, as a man, had this reverence towards the things of God. Yes. Albeit, maybe I don't understand all of it. I'm not an expert in it. But I'm going to teach my kids how to pray in the way that I guess I should. Yeah. But he yeah. was still looking to Almighty God. I love that. That is the drawing of the Spirit and actually the protection, most likely, of the Holy Ghost Big to time. keep you out of somebody that had all the wrong answers. Yeah. Plenty of people address you up in, in error and say, oh, here's the way to salvation. Work it. Knit yourself a sweater. You know, that'll that'll work for a garment of righteousness. <laughs> <laughs> Not. That, that's right. And, you know, my uh, interesting thing, my dad passed away about three years ago. Um, he was a Vietnam veteran who uh, uh, got exposed to Agent Orange and all that baloney. Um, but um, he, um, in his last few days, now, o- over the course of the years, they, they got to see that I was serious about the faith. And they started kind of, they thought some of the stuff, and I did. I'm Listen, I got religious weirdo, too, sometimes. No, we, all did, we all did, We all did, We all surfed that wave, and it's normal. <laughs> 
Yeah, seeking out and, and, and trying to figure things out and all that stuff and and being religious, uh, religious rather than following the Holy Spirit, I guess you could say, yeah. you know? And, and so, Been there. Um, you know, I could see looking back, it's like, yeah, I don't blame my parents for thinking that was a little maybe out there or too much or whatever, you know, and that kind of thing. But um, over the course of the years, they've seen how serious I was and that I did start getting, you know, kind of straightened up in the faith, you know what I mean? And um, they come to and my mom was more so you know she was more so in the faith uh, or believing than dad had over the course of time um uh but you know dad I, I mean i was just all about my dad when i was younger you know and and so he was the 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 king in in, yeah. in my mind you know what i mean that's awesome and, um, yep and um and he still is you know in the, the lower king you know the king of, you know we have our savior the king of kings and so our savior being the king of my dad the earthly heavenly or uh, earthly dad king <laughs> you know what i mean you follow me what you had was such a blessing rick yeah. in, in your dad and my dad was the same way unfortunately yeah. today's generation part of the reason why they are so messed up in a way and they're searching and they're so lost is they don't have that father figure in their lives yes yeah. Yes, that that is true, and I am very thankful to this day. I still am uh, extremely thankful for my dad and my mom and my sister too. She rocks. Um, we don't talk so much, but yeah, she she rocks. But here's the thing: that dad died about three or four years ago, and he, uh, right in the, his last few days of coherency, uh, because of the fourth stage uh, liver cancer stuff, um, he actually. Uh, we were at the house and he called my sister and I and my nephew in and he wanted us. I never heard him say this kind of thing before, but he held his hand. Uh, he, he, he kind of lifted his hand out of the bed and he said, hold, hold hands. Let's pray. I was like, I was totally starting to tear up at that point. Wow. Oh like, yeah, I, man. Damn, I was like, yeah. Wow. And then, and so I, and I, I don't think that I ever prayed ever with my dad, you know, and, you know, as a growing up and, and walking the faith. Because I didn't want to, I never wanted to, I, still to this day, I don't, I'm kind of like, I'm very non-pushy. I'm actually very, maybe, uh, maybe recluse kind of as far, as far as pushing things out to people. I, I kind of try to walk my walk uh, without trying to push things out. But I'm, I'm learning to kind of open up a little bit more. But I've realized that you have to really get to be friends with people before you can really push the gospel to them. Yes. And so I, I don't like put, being pushy. Um, but anyways... Um, he said, uh, or no, yeah. So, so I, I prayed for dad and, and I, I uh, prayed the salvation prayer and, and, and stuff like that. And he, at the end of it, this is, this is why I'm so comfortable and confident. He actually said, thank you, Lord. Never heard him ever say that before. Well, uh, let me say, Glenn and I talk about this a lot, that there is kind of exactitude of doctrine and doctrine yeah. is super important. Paul warned about it. You know, it's not a free for all, right? It's not postmodernistic. Everybody make up your own version and just somewhere out there in the squish, make up your own gospel. It's not that. But right. in the simplicity, saving faith is so beautifully simple. Yes. It's it such, and when he's looking, going like, no, God's my only hope and I'm not perfect. I have sin, guilt, and he died and he did. It all works. It, all, yeah. it worked out. And it's so yeah. beautiful. To hear that, and we don't have to sit there and judge somebody's intricacy. No, spiritually, that are, are they saying the right things? Are they mature? Like, like you were right. confessing to us that you were imbalanced in your zealous yep. your beginnings. You know, you were like, "Well, yep. I was really religious. I got weird." 
We all yes. surf that wave, brother. <laughs> and it's like when yeah. we look and say that, you were just as saved then as you are right now. Yeah. And yeah, the grace true. of God, when you were that kid going like, uh, I think I need to look at that Bible. I'm scared of death. I'm scared. That is yeah. the Holy Ghost all over it. Big time. That's exactly And I've seen God move more when I was excited and zealous and pretty stupid. Okay, as far I agree as with that. Everything that I had, <laughs> no, but I, but God is so good. We I, I saw people moved upon, and I was a pig on roller skates. I really was. Yeah. I, you know, so. same same. No, same that's same that's a very sweet testimony. I also find it interesting, Rick. Something that you and I share in common is that our questions of salvation really coming to terms with that. I started going to the Bible and seeking God when I was 13, 14 years old as well. I think wow. there's something about that age uh, when you start to, I, maybe it's brain development, I don't know, maybe awareness or something like that. There is an age of accountability. We do know that, what that exact age, I don't know what that is. But for me, it was 13, 14 as well. And I would have um, thoughts about God, thoughts about death. I was concerned about it at, at that age as well. So it's kind of kind of cool. I love these testimonies and being able to share them with our listeners because some of our listeners right now might be at the same at the same spot. Yeah, totally. So what I encourage them to do is go get Alf season one and two on DVD. Alf, pop it in. I'm telling you, the the evangelistic outreach of Elf. It was a little understated. It wasn't really overt. It was kind of you know snuck up on you a little bit. The whole thing. It, it really got us thinking about eternal things. It did. And Rick, one of the other things what made us immediately click is you said your sister rocks, but dude. You rock and your band Slaves to Change, they rock as well. Tell us a little bit about the band that you're in. You're the lead guitarist for Slaves to Change. And here's here's something that I really like about this band. Here's their influences that they list on on Facebook. God, Red Bull, Mountain Dew, Doritos, Pizza, Beef Jerky, and the Holy Spirit. Dude, I could hang with these guys all day. <laughs> tell, tell us about Slaves to Change. How'd you guys come about? What do you guys do? Tell tell us about the band, bro. Okay, so uh, Dan Jackson is the lead singer, and I uh, got together, I think, in 2015. Not necessarily got together, but um, we had met at it. I was playing at, outside at a church function uh, doing some stuff, and, and he was just recently moved into the area to the church area and he was digging what I was doing. So we got talking it was a few months. We decided to swap emails and stuff like that. Finally, it was about six months went by and I sent him a, a, a riff that I was working on, which is uh, now called without eyes. And it has to do with faith, walking in faith. Um, so uh, I, I sent this riff to him and he got immediately inspired. He wrote some lines to it, sent it back to me. And we we're like, yeah, man, we got to do this. So, so we just started from there. I think it was 2015, yeah, 2015, I think, and in in August actually of 2015, and then uh, it it was about two years until we actually got a formed band with the musicians that needed to be. Um, yeah, that's kind of the rough idea with the band. Um, and you, your band, you play you play heavy music, you play metal. Uh, yeah, yes. Yeah, so your riffs are heavy. Your content lyric is heavy, uh, or lyrical content, excuse me. Uh, can you kind of describe the type of metal that you play? How how would you best describe it? We're going to play something in just a few seconds for our listeners, but how, how do you describe it? Yeah, that's that's a great question because <laughs> the, 
Dan and I have have went back and forth on how to explain it. He he's more modern. I'm kind of old school, and so my my verbiage just isn't as is maybe cool how to explain us and I. And we found out by the way we were down in Nashville um, in May uh, concerning uh, this extreme tour that we just got off of. But um, we were uh, down there and we got our stuff pitched to. Uh, you remember the band Pillar? Yes. As a matter of fact, I have their CD right over on the uh, on the stereo desk right now. As a matter of fact, right on. That's sweet. Yeah, the excellent band. Well, anyways, the guitar player. Um, um, uh, why can't I think of his name? Right, Hanson is the last name. Why can't I think of his first name now? And because I hung out with him and talked to him there down in Nashville. But anyways, um, uh, we we uh, he's got these like way cool dreadlocks. He rocks. Um, but. Uh, we met his manager and we were talking to him and we were like pitching ourselves as metal. Well, his manager was like, that ain't metal. <laughs> um, uh, he says, that's more kind of like hard rock or our three rock, I guess you could say. Um, and, and so we were kind of deflated, but that's cool because I never really liked elements of some metal. Uh, right. I mean, the deepest one went was Megadeth, you know, and Megadeth still rocks, you yeah. know, <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it was, I mean, I'm still into metal, but it just wasn't as big as, um, we, we met this guy and, and, and this producer and he was like, their stuff was metal and it was hot. It was really cool and rocking. And I was like, okay, yeah, I see why we're not, we shouldn't be considered metal. But we, we, last night we had a radio interview and we played live and we have a video and, um, I was asking the producers and stuff like that. I was like, well, what would you say our sound is? And, and they basically said, Hey, we, we, we would call it like prog metal. Um, you know, there's elements of metal, elements of prog and elements of hard rock. So I guess that's, I'll go with that. I I hate boxing it up. I I really do too. I get the clarification of the question, but you play what you are. And if you have to go, I don't know what we are, but you don't need to adjust, man. Play what's in your heart. That's awesome. Uh, And that's one of the things that we tried to label everything and keep it in a box. Like Dan was saying, you, here, here's the bottom line, is you can't box God's spirit. That's the truth. You can't. And God gifts you with a certain way and a certain desire and a certain way that you want to express yourself. I mean, why not smooth jazz? Why not somebody in white parachute pants playing a saxophone? No, why, no why white not? parachute pants. Come on. No. No. Come on. I'll wear a members-only jacket. I'll play the pan right. flute. I agree. That's that's right. Absolutely. People people get so hung up on identifying with one particular thing. We talked about it with Nettie a couple weeks ago about genre fluidity, not gender fluidity, <laughs> but but genre yeah. genre fluidity. Oh, yeah. And that's yeah. one of the things that I really appreciate about progressive metal and a lot of your more accomplished metal bands and musicians. They move in and out of different genres, and they incorporate different genres in their music. Think about Devin Townsend's new album. He's got, like, flying cows and cats, and then all of a sudden it goes disco, and then it goes wherever he wants to go. It's awesome. It's awesome, you know? Yeah. Yes, and that's what we are. You know, I've I've written so much music over the years, and and it's all different. I mean, I actually the stuff that I write for myself, like that I enjoy writing, is kind of quirky when I throw my vocals in it. But I would say it's almost like a modern, maybe Joe Walsh or Steve Miller type of. Interesting. Very, very interesting. In lyrical context, but in the lyrical context, but in the faith. That's 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 awesome. Where where can where can people find your um, your stuff? For our listeners, oh, gee, I got a lot of just old stuff. Uh, I haven't done anything new 
personally in about two or three years because I've been focused on Slaves to Change, but uh, I guess uh, Rick Andrews Reverb Nation. Rick Andrews Reverb Nation. Got it. Okay. Got and it. Slave- it might be, and by the way, it might be alternately named because I can't remember. I was in a band called the Jared Justice Band, so it might be a search as the Jared Justice Band. Uh, I, I don't remember. I haven't been on the page in a while. Okay. And as far as Slaves to Change, following y'all and getting information about them or music, where do people go for that? All right, so it's uh, Facebook, uh, Slaves to Change. That's a T-O, Slaves to Change. And then also Reverb Nation. And I think we have a .org page that our drummer set up. Oh, nice. Nice. Okay. We're going to take a quick break and let everybody listen to one of your tracks that I really like. It really hooked me in because it's intricate. Um, the, awesome. the lyrics are heavy. It's called Conqueror. And when we get back, I'm going to ask you a couple questions about that song, Rick. Absolutely. But expect the unexpected, wildly erratic behavior, personality shifts. The main thing is that I'll do anything to get out of that cage and get my hands on a cat. Strike! 
Tell us a little bit about this song, Conquerors. I hear lyrics about war on the saints and everything like that. What is your hope that people get out of the song, Conqueror? Well, well, the, the, you know, we can conquer uh, through our Messiah, through our Savior and the Holy Spirit, you know, and, and through our Father in Heaven with His blessings. Uh, we can conquer whatever is put before us. I mean, you know, uh, we can even walk on water, and that's the truth, you know, and I mean literally. You know, it can be done. There's the, the things... 
miracles go on all the time and we can be a part of that. And so uh, we want people to know that they can conquer no matter what's going on and what the enemy tries to throw. Um, you know, we're supposed to put on our, our full armor of our father and, um, um, and, and, you know, in Ephesians and because uh, uh, we are in a battle. We're one kingdom fighting on a different in the different kingdom land. Uh, we're, we're actually uh, trying to get our land back, quite frankly. Going, going back to Eden. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Going, going back to Eden. You know, that's what I. I don't think you can really convey that message of being a conqueror through a, a light, kind of wispy. Oh, we're conquerors in the Lord. I don't think you can do that. Smooth jazz won't smooth, do that. Smooth jazz just <laughs> won't do it yeah. for that one. You need something a little bit more militant, like like what Slaves to Change does. So another thing that we talked about, Rick, was drinking beer and talking about apologetics, something that uh, (laughs) this all happened within a five-minute conversation. So, Rick, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Because I think that's something some of our listeners would be very interested in hearing about. (laughs) Yeah, so so how I found out about this, and by the way, I'm a beer drinker and a wine drinker, and and I will have an occasional drink. We are, too. Um, Yep, and that's awesome, and, and the Scripture doesn't talk against that. Uh, there's some writings that Paul talk about for certain situations, but uh, in general, hey, you know, um, that's what I do, and a lot of Christians kind of freak out about that, but guess what? Uh, that's getting pharisaical. If they really knew the Scriptures, they, yeah. they wouldn't get too fussy, but respect to them as well, and I'm not going to bark on them, because I remember for years and years and years, I would not touch a, a drop of alcohol. Same here. Mean? Yep, that you know, sounds familiar. Yeah, you wanted one, you know what I mean. Yep. <laughs> um, we used to have a half keg in our house, by the way, uh, growing up. Really? Yeah. And oh, you, yeah. you grew, yeah, and you grew I, up in New I, York, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. Upstate New York. Yeah. Not surprised. Yep, yep. Yeah. 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 Yep. And uh, we uh, didn't. Uh, yeah, we had a half keg in uh, you know all the time in the house. Well, that started out about when I was fifteen or sixteen years old. Um, um, and my, my parents were actually very well functioning. I mean, they, they both worked and they loved and they weren't like, you know, cranky alcoholic drunk type stuff, but they, they had their, they liked their beer on the weekend. Oh, no. I mean, when I was growing up, my grandparents were the children of German immigrants and they belonged. Yeah. They belonged to this organization called the Mr. And Mrs. Club. And I remember they took (laughs) us up to Pennsylvania uh, for a trip, I lived in Connecticut, not too far from probably where you're at uh, in, in New York. We went to the Mister and Mrs. Club. I was like three or four years old, and they were giving me whiskey sours. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah I was right. like, I was sloshed as a three or four year old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of you know, we we grew up similarly too. You know, my grandparents and my parents would get together and on the weekends, and there'd be like uh, up here, it's a beer called Utica Club, and Dad hated that. He was a Genesee man at the time, but uh, <laughs> you know. And uh, but he hated Genesee cream ale, but I like it. Um, but, um, anyways, yeah, that was all that, and yeah, I grew up in that. But back to the uh, Bible and Bear Consortium. Yes, uh, uh, Ezra Boggs, uh, really cool, uh, fascinating, uh, accomplished uh, musician and and person. Uh, he, uh, we met him down at the Objective uh, in Nashville, Tennessee, which linked us up eventually with the Extreme Tour. Okay. He was one of the speakers there, and uh, many speakers there, and uh, he got talking about what he does, and I was instantly drawn because I am cool with beer, and I, I'm all about talking to people in bars 
and hanging out yep. and doing all that fun stuff. And this guy was like, yes, finally somebody, he, I mean, he's got a big organization that he does it. So what he does is he, he sets up, I think he has a, a, a bar and a store, I think, if I remember correctly, but he also go, travels and brings it to, say, auditoriums and stuff like that. So they'll have like a weekend of, of beer and, and sitting and talking um, uh, about uh, both sides, you know, atheists and, and, and at different walks of people and agnostics, all that stuff. They come and they, they, they talk. They don't fight and argue. They talk over beer. Civil, so, civil discourse. Civil yeah, discussion. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And well, it's awesome. It's awesome. What was it, Dan, that Martin Luther said about drinking beer with his friends while everybody else was outside? Um, I, 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 I've got to revisit it, but he had certain cups, and it was either with wine or with beer, but he yep. would put a line on it, and it, at certain different lines, you would have to recite different things, the Lord's Prayer, the this, the that, <laughs> and he would make fun of you <laughs> if you couldn't hang with him. So if you were... At, <laughs> if you were at all not able to keep up, he's like, oh, you know, what are you? You can't even get to the third line. You know, so it was wild. Martin Luther was like the like the coolest dude of that time period, I swear. I mean, it is, that guy was on the game and, and hype and cool, man. Yeah. And uh, I, funny thing is, uh, back really quick back to, to when I was uh, 15. When, by the time I was 16, I was like, you know, again, that voice was saying, you got to start going to church. Like, I don't want to go to church. I don't. <laughs> you know? but, but, but here I go. I'm going to do it. And um, I, my dad's sister uh, went to the Lutheran church. And for three years, uh, I got active in the Lutheran church. And then when I was 18, I started doing my own thing. And then I went back into it for three years. And I was very, I was a Bible study leader. I was on the church council. I was um, a youth advisor. Um, uh, you know, got really involved. We went to the Kingdom Bound Festival up here in uh, New York uh, and with the Christian music stuff, and just a lot of stuff was going on, cool stuff. But yeah, my, my roots, as, as far as church goes, started in the Lutheran Church. That's That was my mom's background. She at first was Dutch Reformed, which is really interesting. Hmm. Um, that's a, yeah. I, We'll have to get her on to talk about the Dutch Reformed Church, because that's where she believes she found yeah. Christ as a young, young lady. Um, but the Lutheran church, that's where, of course, with German parents and grandparents and everything like that. But the Lutheran church had a profound impact on my life as a young child. And Rick, you grew up in the same geographic area around the tri-state area, uh, where, where I'm from. And there was a show called Davy and Goliath. Do you remember that show? Yes. Yes. With the guy. remember seeing it so much it was the claymation the guy who did gumby but it was a kid and his dog and the whole thing about davy and goliath it was about being you know pleasing god and for me as a young child that's where i it was really put into my mind that okay it's not good to lie okay it's not good to steal things it's not good to hide things and that was stuff that even still god stirs in there uh, you know, it didn't show the fullness of the gospel of Christ crucified, but, it, you know, those elements of the law that drive you to want to be saved, uh, th- that was there in that show. And I was very I'm very thankful for the Lutheran Church for having put that put that out. Now, also, it was the Lutheran Church that was behind Veggie Tales as well. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yep. OK. Interesting. Yep. 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 Well, that's really super cool. That is super cool. Well, to clarify for our listeners, what we've heard is another beautiful example that when God draws, he uses the conscience, which you've got. He uses that measure of faith, which is installed in you. And the law is what drives you to Calvary. If you show up and says, hey, man, Jesus died for you. And then people are like, "Uh, 
That's it. What do you, what do you talk? It makes no sense. You understand right. the law. You understand that sin is the transgression of the law. You understand sin guilt. You understand that God, there's going to be a death and then a day of judgment. Then you're like, yes. oh, he died for me. And it makes a lot of sense. Oh, lot and of it sense. was beautiful to hear another testimony celebrating my own, celebrating yours, celebrating, you know, just all the ones that we know of God's spirit drawing someone and using just anything from family time input from from friends and family the fact that there was a bible in your home that was revered maybe it wasn't yes. talked about all the time maybe it wasn't lived out all the time maybe it wasn't elaborately um opened up to you but it was there and it was revered and there was a fear of god and and, and god dealt with you in the law and saved your soul that's beautiful beautiful Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. And it's been a walk ever since, man. And uh, again, back in the days, I remember, hey, I only have to do this and I'm good. And uh, over the years, I realized this is a daily event, man. <laughs> we, we daily got to walk with him. Yes, yes. And Rick, another thing that occurred within the five-minute conversation that we had, Dan, I mean, this was like a whirlwind conversation that we had uh, just before the uh, the show start, started for the Extreme Tour. He had you at ALF, by the way. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was hooked there. As a matter of fact, that's the first thing that I said to Deb when I, when I walked back over. I was like, Deb, you're not going to believe this. This guy's testimony is just killer. I mean, it's awesome. <laughs> and it involves ALF. And she just kind of looked at me. She's like, oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but one, one of the things that we talked about was some of the uh, things that Dan and I, we talk about a lot is uh, the control that churches exercise over people, especially with membership yep. contracts and bylaws and rules. That's one of the things when I go to a church, it's very difficult for me because it's like, okay, so what are the rules of this church? To me, and Rick, you can explain where you're coming from on this. To me, uh, there's only one covenant that I need to be concerned about, and that's the one that uh, I've become a member of God's family through the blood of Christ. That's it. All the rules right. and regulations, um, everything is spelled out for me in Scripture. It's all there. I don't need an extra book. I don't need to sign a contract card. All that, to me, is just garbage. It's just the way they want to control. The whole thing, though, of rollerblading in a lime green Speedo or the American flag Speedo, <laughs> that needs to be outlawed. <laughs> It's just yeah, like right. maybe a few yeah. years ago you could have rocked it, but <laughs> the, yeah. So, Rick, what are, what are your thoughts on this matter? Well, you know, I even got a, a prime example that went on about two years ago. Now, this has been an issue for me for many years, but uh, about two years ago is a great example of that. What you're talking of um, uh, this, I had been again. That voice told me to start going to this other church only every other weekend. I was still to stay in the church I was at, but also to go to this other church. He wanted me to transition. Okay. Uh, and so I started going to this other ch uh, local church, and um, uh, they're cool people. I mean, I dig them and and friends and all that kind of stuff. But uh, this it's it's kind of like for the area, kind of a, like a mega church. They have other couple other churches within the state, um, so they're they're kind of like a semi mega church, I guess you could say. Okay. And. Um, uh, you know, uh, they, one of the leadership finally got together with my wife and I at Tenny's and we were having, you know, they, they, they wanted, they wanted us to come in. They wanted us to be members. And I'm like, well, you know, my mind is thinking I'm already a member of the body. <laughs> so if you don't consider me a member of your body, then there's a problem there. Cause we're all yeah. part of this whole thing. You know what I mean? We're all a member of the, no matter what the denomination is, we are members of the body, you know? Um, body of our savior, you know? And so, um, uh, here's what gets me. He, 
he wanted he, he wanted membership and I said listen I says I don't know that I can commit because I do a lot of you know musical traveling I do some prophetic ministries I really enjoy prophetic ministry by the way and and, and playing uh, off the cuff in church there's churches that allow that and accept awesome. it and people want to see people fall out get free get saved get a lot of things go on and I really like that's my thing that's me as it's my job or my my calling type of thing um so anyways um he's like oh well you know we really need to to be you know committed with us and all that kind of stuff and um he says well like what are you talking about and and all that i said well you know sometimes i go and play in buffalo new york i've been down to albany new york i you know i get asked i know people and they want me to come out and, and do what i do for their services and they uh, he was like, oh, well, yeah, you know, that might be kind of difficult and hard. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. You guys have evangelists come into your church and do what they do and leave after two days. And then they come back next year or whatever. What's the difference? You know what I mean? Yeah, good point. And, what's that? Good point. Good yeah, point. Yeah. And it's like I'm it was almost kind of disrespectful to me. You know, a lot of a lot of leadership. Here's the problem with the modern day church, I believe. A lot of the leadership wants to control it. They're just supposed to be shepherds guiding. They're not supposed to be controlling. They're supposed to be helping the flock function, you know, protecting them, but also helping the flock grow and function and stop giving them milk and start giving them meat. You know Uh. what I mean? And allow them to chew and don't feed them with the spoon. You got to help them and encourage them to eat with their hands, you know, and and do what they got to do. So, you know, evangelist, it's just sad that they think, you know, again, here here I'm a long-haired guy that, you know, uh, looks a little rough around the edges maybe. And and they might think, oh well, maybe I'll bring in something crazy. I don't. I don't know what they think. I mean, I've been through a lot of different religious movements and stuff, um, and they they want to really. It's kind of like they want to. I think their excuse. They they have a right excuse for this. I mean, it's fair to say this. That they hey they they want to have you come in as a member so they can cover you. And I get that. But I'm already covered by the blood, man. Uh, you know yep, what I mean? Yeah, and, yep. and I'm covered. Yep. I am covered. I got friends all over the world that I communicate with. I do not forsake the gathering. When I get an opportunity, I get with my friends and loved ones and people like you guys, and, and we talk and, and we communicate and talk about our faith and confess our sins, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, we're assembling right now. I know a trigger yeah. a trigger warning for Glenn and I is covering. Ah! When we hear that, yeah. and I hear that that is a rehashed, like, 1970s era um Shepherding Horrible movement. thing, shepherding movement where they misinterpreted scripture that has like been very well exegeted for hundreds of centuries of years yeah, about the difference definitely. between church leadership not forming some sort of magistral um, ruling body, but it was supposed to be one that would be shepherding in the proper sense of the word with the flock and leading them and yeah. heed what the rabbi, heed what the teacher yeah. says, right? Yeah. But it's not yeah, some right. magistral control. Didn't we learn that with all the papal nonsense? Yeah, oh, no kidding. My no Glenn kidding. and I could do a huge thing. If you're ch- if somebody's church mentions 
covering. We run. I would say run. Run. I, I'm like I'm like that. I don't even see it existing. The covering. I'm covered by the precious blood of God. Does it mean that I'm a rabble rouser, a rebel that's going to go in and destroy everything in leadership and go? You can't tell me what to do. You know, I'm like I'm. You know, I'm not going to do that. If they're like, we're going to meet on Wednesday, and I'm like, well, I'm going to be here on Tuesday because you don't know what you're talking about. I'm going to meet them on Wednesday, right? I'm not ridiculous. But when it comes to yes. somebody wanting to own you and have you sink into the group think and be do you know what they need? They need you to do something for them. Yes. You're you're well, important that, to them. The that, numbers, the money, the 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 power. Exactly what it was. They wanted me to not do what I do. They wanted me to serve there. And I'm like, hey man, I'm serving the body. And if you yeah. really want to get to it, Paul went all over the place. He wasn't staying at one one place, one church, one synagogue or whatever. You know, he he was all over the place. So don't tell me that I have to if for me to be a member of your family, uh, that I gotta stay at your house. Oh, no. you, you guys got something wrong there, man. I don't want to be a part of your family. Yeah, I, I yeah, don't think yeah. you have the, the right family going on, or it's, at least it's a dysfunctional family within the body. Yeah. For those that are listening to our podcast that are church leaders, this is what I would want to encourage them to do and use Rick's example of what they should be doing. When, yes. when, they, when you mention to them what your ministry is, you already yep. have a God-called ministry. You know yeah. that. Only you know that. They don't. So what a proper pastor or shepherd should do is draw alongside and be like, how can we support you, brother? How can we yeah. how can we help you fully release that? What do you need? That is what a true servant of Christ is. Well, I think, yeah. Glenn, I think at a time where I would have been really flaky, my doctrine was a little weird, but I meant well. And God was blessing my efforts, okay, even though I was flaky. But even if, if, a, if a shepherd, a true pastor, had pulled me inside and said, Dan, and even in a correction said, look, what you're going around and doing, but it's not just simply control. He right. could have dialed me in. I've had a guy that we don't even regard. We regard him as a cult leader, but he helped me with some doctrinal understanding he really did yeah. and he had the guts to sit there and go like look i think you're misinterpreting this you're getting back into law you're getting back into works let me withstand right. you to the face that is proper right. shepherding this is control yeah. this is like oh you look a little rough around the edges you look a little unpredictable we need you to yeah. conform we need you to become a clone we need sheep that make us something we need 10 15 000 of y'all so we can be successful so this that, thing that, can that, operate that. That's right, and it's mind blowing. But you know what? Sometimes they don't. You're right. Sometimes they know exactly what they're doing. But sometimes I think they don't. They really think that they are saving the world, uh, and 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 you know it's got to be that way, or or you know it just gets kind of crazy, man. Oh, it just, oh. yeah. And they do that because wanna, you know. Yep. Yeah. And they do that because that's what they've seen others do, and they think that's just the right way of doing it. It's just yeah, they're just continuing a tradition. Well, most I mean, likely, can... they're under groupthink themselves. Yeah. Yes. That yeah. that particular person is under a bunch of leadership that's telling him the what for, and it's like, why, why? Yeah. If God wants why? somebody to go and do something, it's like, and it's not the same as rebellion. If you're plugged into a place and you want to do this, and somebody says, "Hey, we're going to order red carpet," and you say, "No, we need to order green carpet," it's like. 
that's right. weird. That's yeah. obvious yeah. fleshly rebellion. But if you feel in your heart to go and evangelize, to go prophesy, to go um, do whatever you want to do to play music, and then somebody's yeah. like, no, we need you to join us and, and put away those things and be certified by the franchise. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> nah. Uh, yeah, yeah. At that point, I have not been back there since. And I'm cool with it. I mean, I'll occasionally say, hey, to them, hey, how are you guys doing? You know, But I haven't been back there since. There you uh, go. That was yeah. like three, yeah. two or three years ago. Yep. Yep. And um, and then they're right around the corner. It's easy, man. It's like three blocks, two blocks away from me. I can just get up and walk to church, you know. But I was like, nah, no thanks. Yep. There you go. There you go. <laughs> We, yep. we've had we've had several conversations on the phone since we met and they've been an absolute blast and during one of those conversations you shared with me with what you call a download from the lord and i really yep. like this and i want you to share this with dan and our listeners because when you asked me the question i had to sit there and think because i never really thought it all the way through and it has to do with jesus's first miracle of turning water into wine here we go talking about wine again um jesus turning water into wine at the wedding and why he did that because i never really thought about it yet it's so simple can you share that with us rick yeah so i think it was about a year ago or two maybe i had a, a revelation uh, i'd call it a spiritual download um <laughs> and it dawned on me i guess maybe i'll, I'll ask the question then i'll give the answer kind of a little quiz thing here so why do you all think that our savior ended up turning the wine into water. Why did he do it? Now, as a Polka music. Polka music. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Polka music. Everybody <laughs> wanted to keep his groove on, you know? And uh, um, so, uh, it, you know, and remember the context of the Scripture. I don't have the word open right now at the second, but the approximation is um, uh, his mother came up to him and said, hey, you know, you got to turn this water to wine. Could you do this? And he said, woman, it's not my time. Okay, so he's kind of already speaking authority. Hey, it's not it's time not time for me to do this yet. And that's even interesting in itself, by the way. And that's that needs to be pondered and thought of as well. Um, and again, his mother Mary and his father Yahweh, our you know God, our father Yahweh. Um, he says uh, he says not uh, so. Our Savior said it's not my time. And she says, Hey, listen, you know I'm paraphrasing this quite a bit. Uh, she says, You know, come on, please do this. You know, do this wine. So my, the quiz is, why do you think that he did it? Okay. And so the spiritual download was that, as we know, he was perfect in all his ways. He, he, he kept the commandments. He wasn't lying. He wasn't stealing. He was in, in, in the service uh, Shabbat, uh, Sabbath, uh, in the synagogues on the Saturdays, you know. Um, uh, and uh, he, he did the Ten Commandments, you know. And uh, so... We all know one of those commandments is honor your mother and your father. And so if he is an example for us to follow, that is an indication that he did, even though he, his understanding was he wasn't supposed to do that at that time, but his mother was requesting it and his father was waiting for him to do it because honor your mother and father. And I think that that was a test. I don't think our Savior knew exactly what was going on at that moment, because remember, he was human too. And I don't think that he knew, he, he was like, hey, it's not my time to do this, Mom. You know, or woman, he actually said woman, if I remember correctly. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, it's his mom. And, uh, and he said, uh, uh, you know, he, he, she asked, she asked, she asked, and he 
was obedient to her because he honored her mother, and he was obedient to the father because of the commandment that says, honor your mother and father. So he was obedient, and that's why he did it. Wow, it's beautiful. That's what, that it is. To me. There's, there's so much, like you said, there's so much to ponder about that and about that whole scenario. And to me, it's yeah. amazing whenever we get into the territory of observing the self-limiting aspect of God incarnate that for things to, for example, you don't think of somebody being omniscient and perfect, but yet there's things that are said that um, only the father knows and the son doesn't that can only come from a king self-limiting himself. It's not that he's less than God, like the cults interpret. He's 100% God and man in the hypostatic union. And it's so beautiful to sit there and understand that, he lowers himself. He limits his knowledge based off just mercy for us to veil his Godhead enough for us to be able to interact with him enough for all that stuff to happen. And look at the tenderness at which you see how much that God regards petition. Think of yeah. even when the two disciples came to him and said, who's going to be the first? Who's going to do this? It looked like there was an opportunity that they had later on to be able to do that. I think they failed or whatever. But when they would ask him, even something based off foolishness, the ones that he loved and cared for, the ones of faith, he would regard them even if it was untimely or even if it, he'd be merciful right. to our request. And it, it's got that same aspect of him responding to us as persons it's yeah. not an algorithm yeah. it's not an algorithm a child will say the craziest things you know you're raising kids and they're like dad what is this you know right and it's like yeah. they'll say these what and he's like hearing his mother say right. something and ask him and he's like this is not official according to the time but like you're saying in this loving affection and honor he did this yeah. thing, and I think he did it to tick off the Gnostics. I think, <laughs> I think he married yeah, yeah, yeah. a thousand bottles of good wine to say, like, hey, True. hey, hey, hey. If you people think you're, yeah, you hey, can. listen, we're surrounded by Baptists. I love a lot of them. I got saved in a Baptist church. And there's yeah. people that if, if you're in line with a six-pack of, like, 4% beer, right, yep. you're a heathen. And it's like you're right. so extra biblical. Jesus made a thousand bottles of wine, some scholars yeah. say. Okay, it was the equivalent of like a thousand bottles of wine. And it said when they had well drunk, they said basically, paraphrase, we're all going to get some put in a corner in heaven for 5,000 years for paraphrasing. (laughs) But it's going to be, they said when they had well drunk, it was basically saying, wow, they saved the good stuff for last, which was normally... People did their best to honor their guests. They gave the good stuff, but they're like, well, we're out of the good stuff. Serve the cheaper stuff, right? Yeah. Cousin, exactly. Cousin Bobby's wine that didn't quite turn out quite right. It tastes a little bit like vinegar, but they won't notice. They're sloshed. And and to take off the Gnostics even more, I bet you that there was some good rock playing. Some good metal playing. <laughs> oh, so, somebody that was dressing down on the loot. <laughs> Come on, think about it. any guy that wrote music and ripped off his clothes and worshiping. Uh, that's that's rock and roll. Baby. Oh, oh that is, is baby. Is. That is. No, that is. You can't deny it. Yeah, we we uh, we could uh, we could hang, man. I, I really I enjoy talking with you, Rick. You, uh, just kindred like spirits, that. and um, we'd have to get together and uh, talk about Jesus and drink a few drink a few beers. beers. Yep. So um, I, I would extremely love that. That'd be great. Before we uh, before we close out, Rick, what's on the horizon now for Slaves to Change? I know that you've been on the Extreme Tour. You just did a show up in Rome, New York. You've been on the radio. What's what's uh, what's on tap? 
Um, well, a really interesting event. Well, I'll do do a small thing next week. We're playing in our hometown and we're at battle of the bands type thing and whatever, right before the fireworks. So that's kind of exciting, you know, for our locally anyways. Um, but, um, for the, uh, kind of some big things, uh, through the extreme tour, uh, when they came to Rome, uh, we, we jumped in and played with them. Uh, I had to actually coordinate the event in Rome. So that, that was really, uh, uh, interesting challenge, uh, but it, it, it was easy because it was a divine appointment stuff. So it was actually not hard at all. It was just, you know, a challenge sort of, but it came together. And one of the bands, uh, on the tour is from Lithuania and they do like, uh, they're like prog rock. Really? And What's the name of this band? The name of the, the name of the band is called sky. Okay. And, they are super cool people and super great musicians. Long story short, uh, we I got talking pretty heavy with them over the past couple of days, and uh, we're looking at us going out to Lithuania next year. Dude, that's awesome. Do you need roadies? <laughs> yeah, man, come on. <laughs> bring, 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 bring the beer. It's all cool. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. That's um, good. And plus, we're also looking at the uh, the the tour called the exit tour and um uh, okay. in europe and uh we're looking into that as well and i believe Nettie's going to be on that tour as well yeah yeah actually Nettie is the one well we kind of knew of it sort of but Nettie is like one of the uh, she's she's a trooper she rocks uh, she's super cool um she is already she's ahead of us on that she's getting ready she was telling us more details about it and uh she she's on her game uh and you know pumping quads yo yeah exactly yeah can you explain to our listeners what pumping quads is before right, we go really, yeah really quick one went down uh, a year or two ago um i was running late for band practice and i slammed like four hot dogs with onions and peppers i was like woofing down and then i was like kind of like over full but i wanted a sugar boost so i had some oreos and how i eat my oreos is I, I take the one side off, eat the, the plain cookie, and then I take usually another one, eat the plain cookie, and then I sandwich the two double-stuffed creams together in between the two outside <laughs> parts of the cookie. Uh, it sounds kind of complex. It's pretty crazy, but I like food. Uh, and uh, I'm pretty sure that's uh, outlawed in Leviticus. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. And uh, so I had the um, – so I pumped like four quads, uh, so double stuff put on top of another one is a quad you know what i mean yeah so uh i so i got to the band room and i was all wired up i was like yeah what's up guys you know i was all nuts and stuff and uh up. and um they're like wow man what's what's up with you i said i just got done pumping quads <laughs> and they're like, You're some kind of drug or something like that they're freaking out like, well, what the heck are you talking about and I oh my goodness <laughs> uh, oh man oh all I told that one on the extreme tour and um, she cracked up. So a couple days later, um, she comes walking up with a, a, a bag and she's Rick, I got your present. And I was like, oh, okay. And, and it was a, a bag of Oreos. <laughs> <laughs> I like Nettie. Yeah, a trip. She is a We trip. had a great interview with her the other day. Yeah. So. She, she's yeah, great. Yeah. That's funny. She's like, she's fun. She's Where's Rick? Oh, he had to check into Trembling Hills to get off the quads. With the quads. <laughs> <laughs> so all, yeah, in, cool. all in one edition today, we've got the sovereignty of God, true shepherding, beer, 
wine and pumping quads. An elf. <laughs> An elf. <laughs> so, so, so that's a that's a prerequisite of us all getting together with the beer. First, we got to do the quads together. Okay, <laughs> there <yeah>. we go. <laughs> now, great talking to you, Rick. Yeah, it's, man, it's a blessing. Yeah. God bless you uh, on I, that tour. Yep. Yeah, I, I appreciate you guys. You guys rock. Uh, I think the show is amazing, and uh, I'm just—it's a huge blessing to be able to talk the faith. I mean, these are kind of things. Even over all the music, I like music, but I love talking about the stuff deeper of the faith. Oh yeah. And really quick before I go, I want to encourage the listeners and all you all really start pondering the Lord's Prayer. This is something that He said on my heart a few years ago. I the Lord's Prayer. A lot of people just say it and just. It goes by the way, you know, they just say it and don't think about it. I guarantee you, if you just pray it and think about each word, other scriptures will come to your mind when you're praying that. And that whole Lord's Prayer, uh, I mean, there was a point where it's taken me an hour and a half to get through that prayer as I sat and pondered and listened and other scriptures came and then it gave me understanding and it gave me newness. It was exciting. So I really want to encourage you all to do that. And uh, also another quick thing to, to see how, how accessible we all can do because our savior is trying to teach us that we can do things. He says, do these things and be holy as I am holy. And, and uh, even practice, uh, you know, as we know, as musicians, uh, uh, practice means you, you play and you're going to screw up, but you keep on going, you keep on practicing. Well, it uh, doesn't mean we're going to be perfect, but he says, be, be holy as I am holy. So, pra- and he says, practice righteousness. So we're supposed to practice on getting better and being better people. And he showed us how to do it. And just to let you know, too, a quick, quick download, this is important. He said, uh, when, remember when he was on the cross, um, he had his moment of, of doubt. Father, where are you now? He knew all what was going to be going on through the whole, the gospels, it talks about he, you know, who he knew, he even spoke, he knew what he was going to be and what was going to go on, but he might not have seen exactly how it was going to go down. And when he was on the cross, he was like, Hey, father, why have you forsaken me? And, uh, then, then dad, you know, our father, he, 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 uh, received him and, 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 and that was it. And that's a great example for us. Our savior was the perfect example of how we can live. Amen. 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 Thanks a lot, yeah, uh, Rick. Uh, thank you so much. Hey, to our listeners, check out Slaves to Change. Uh, they're on Reverb Nation, and uh, we are going to be posting some of their stuff up on our website so that you can listen to Slaves to Change. Check them out. Awesome band. And uh, anybody that's got any questions or wants to reach out to us, you can do so at lithoscry.com, L-I-T-H-O-S-C-R-Y.com, or email us at lithoscry at gmail.com. People listening, rock on and peace out. Huh, you killed me! <laughs> Hide the cat! Hide the cat! <laughs>